0: Welcome to the Thomas Industry Update Podcast, actionable information for industry leaders. Hi, I'm Kathy Ma. I'm Sean Fitzgerald. And I'm Tony Upoff. Welcome to the Thomas Industry Update Podcast. I'm Sean Fitzgerald. For today's episode, I'm excited to revisit one of my absolute favorite interviews, A conversation with J.P. Pollard, the Vice President of Business Development at Zebra Sports, which is the official on-field player tracking provider of the NFL. J.P. works closely with the National Football League's coaching and analytics staff to power the growth of data-driven analysis and culture in sports. As we kick off the 2021 season and start stressing over our fantasy lineups, This episode is a rare opportunity to see behind the scenes of how the NFL's Next Gen Stats Initiative collects real-time data on every player and every play happening in the game. Welcome to the show, JP.
1: Sean, thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to our conversation.
0: This, I feel like our editor-in-chief, Michaela Tierney, teed this one up just for me. I wore a Pats jersey today. I grew up in Rhode Island, so I could not be more excited to learn how an industrial company um, transformed part of their technology into working with, you know, arguably the biggest sports uh, franchise in the entire world. Um, so, hey, to get us started, JP, you know, let us know what is Zebra Motion Works Sports? So, Zebra Motion
1: Works Sports, Sean, is a part of our location services division inside of Zebra Corporate and and so zebras had a heritage of 50 plus years of asset ma- management tracking yes we do barcoding, coding industrial printing and scanning we also do uh, a lot of business around the world with some of the largest retailers healthcare providers manufacturing environments in terms of asset tracking and it was those core competencies that led us into an opportunity with the nfl starting in 2014 where we took our our capabilities and our expertise and tracking objects and, and, and different things in the other environments I described, and transitioning it to players and footballs on a football field.
0: So it's you're approaching that seven-year mark of working with the NFL or just past it. How, how did it get started? Did you reach out to them because someone at Zebra thought, hey, geez, we might be able to use this technology we've developed for industrial purposes for sports or something else? Or did they reach out to you because of your expertise?
1: Well, it actually occurred prior to my time to joining Zebra. I'm coming up on my fifth year. Uh, but i was still working in the sports industry i used to work for uh, stats llc which is a major data and technology provider for sports around the world so i was very familiar with what was going on in terms of the potential of tracking technology not only in football but in other sports like soccer and basketball for instance and so what ended up happening is the nfl opened up an rfp process and a number of vendors from around the world participated in that effort and there are you know we like to talk about three specific technologies uh that work in the world of sports in terms of player tracking and athlete performance and are optical based tracking where you use cameras to identify either players numbers or colors of their jerseys or kits and also identifying the ball um, on a course or uh, on a course or a field and then there is GPS, which a lot of us are familiar with because we have that on our phones, on our person each and every day. And then of course, Zebra's based, uh, technology base is RFID, meaning radio frequency identification. We have tags and tokens that we place on objects and in the case of football, players and the ball. And we communicate uh, with a set of receivers that are installed around the uh, around the perimeter of all the stadiums. And so ultimately that RFP process led to Zebra winning the, uh, the contract with the NFL and winning in the capacity of a partner of the official player tracking technology provider.
0: So these are in the shoulder pads, they're in the helmets, they're in the ball, they're in the, the uh, compression pants and everything that, that everyone wears. But how, uh, what types of data are you collecting right now and how are the teams starting to use them?
1: Well, first off uh, for the players, uh, during the game, the tags are actually in the shoulder pads. There's two tags on each on each player. And then the ball itself also has a tag inside of it. In practice environments, so we track every NFL game, preseason game, and that information is collected and distributed to the NFL, who then distributes it to the teams and their other partners, like media partners and other potential marketing and sponsor partners. We also have an ancillary business where we sell our tracking technology analogous to what's in the stadiums to teams practice facilities. And so we have 10 teams in the NFL using our technology to track their players practices, their effort, their workload and performance during the offseason training programs. Uh, preseason training camps, and also during the season, throughout practices. In the cases where they're not wearing shoulder pads, Sean, uh, our tags are sewn into either the compression gear or the practice jerseys that the players wear. The information we're collecting, of course, is you know who's on the field and where they're on the field, uh, the proximity of players between each uh, between each other on the field, the proximity of a player. near near the ball, for instance. But we're also tracking speed and total distance traveled. We also do calculations and and identify accelerations and decelerations, which is important to uh, identify as players warm up and they come back and return from injury or they develop over the course of a season. Um, So we're capturing that information. For the ball metrics, we're capturing velocity of a pass or a kick and also the rotational information, RPMs for passes. Um, or height, height for kicks, for instance. And so in the past, we were, we're all at fo- as football fans have heard that a quarterback can really spin it, aren't the tag in the football actually allows us to calculate in a quantifiable way, the actual spin rate of the football. And so teams are using that for a number of reasons. Yes, a number, they're identifying player workload and activity throughout a season during practice of course, but they're also starting to use it more and more in, in watching uh, tactics and schematics during gameplay, and we're finding more of that starting to happen over the last couple of seasons
0: so it 's interesting there are going to be a lot of folks at the top of the draft this year looking at that rotational metric, possibly with the the predictions on quarterbacks going one, two three, and possibly four depending on if, if anyone uh, trades up or not so as you as you work with you know there are thirty two separate teams in in industrial, one of the things that we find in working with thousands and thousands of North American uh, manufacturing companies is some folks are farther along in their journey of accepting a data driven culture than others. Um, so, you know, we have really that traditional bell curve in in manufacturing where folks are, are leaders and then we have some laggards as well. The pandemic for us has has been more of a forcing function that people have adopted to say, wow, we really need to change the way we're thinking about using data um, because it's just so darn effective, um, especially working in, in the conditions that we're all working in right now. Um, you know, there are 32 teams. Are you seeing everybody diving in with the same level of vigor on this because they know that there's an edge to be made or, or do you still see that, that uh, bell curve?
1: Well, I think the bell curve does exist. I, I think, you know, the sports industry is very similar to enterprise uh, environments where you just see an adopt, even us as consumers, right? And how we adopt new technologies and service capabilities. Uh, I think, you know, there's an, we like to say there's some in the area, area of six to 10 teams that are on that leading edge and then there is a middle the bell curve and then there are teams more towards the tail end but I'd like to clarify that that description a bit more you know we do like to say that when this data is really just an enriched set of new information that allows the experts in coaching and scouting and strength and conditioning and player performance It gives them a new set of quantifiable information that they can use to buttress the work that they do and really to hone their decision-making a bit more. It's not meant to be a silver bullet or a replacement for the expertise, the institutional knowledge, and the experience of these professionals. Um, Now, when we do talk about teams who do use the information, you you hit on a word in the question, Sean, which is culture. I think it's a cultural thing. Um, The the better use or uh, more functional use of the information isn't based on how much technology tools a team is invested in or how many people on their staff they have allocated to work in research and analytics. It's really more of a culture of information. This is an information driven business this is a new set of information, and how each organization wants to take that information and socialize it amongst their entire staff, including the players themselves, that's where it varies by team. And so when I say, talk about the bell curve, those, those six to 10 teams on the front side of things, it isn't just large staffs and people who spent millions of dollars on new technology and software to help analyze, manage, and visualize this data. It's that culturally they've accepted the information as an enriched set of information not to ignore, but to figure out how to implement into their everyday business processes. But I would say today, certainly in the 2020 season, all 32 teams in the NFL are using the next gen stats data that the league provides. Through a team provi- through a team application each Monday after a Sunday game and they're using it to a certain degree to evaluate not only their their team's play but also to do scouting for their opponents.
0: interesting that's so if you're looking at you know those six to ten folks roughly a third of the league is really leading in, in the charge on it and to your point, Data is never a, a silver bullet or, or you know a magic wand to figure things out, but the more data sets that you can put together, the more interesting things tend to become. When we see folks on the sidelines with their you know their surface or the the guys up in the booth, are they being fed your information in real time or is that something that they get to to uh, bring together and crunch post game and then to analyze as they go forward?
1: Well, that's a great question. So this data is collected and available in just a couple of seconds. And in a practice environment, teams are actively using whether it's a Surface tablet or another device to identify the information so they can actively engage the the position coaches, Uh, Even the head coach, of course, or the players themselves during their workload, especially if a player is returning from play, they can have active interaction with the data because the data is available through RFID in a matter of seconds. In a game time environment, live information is not available either on the sideline or in the booth, so those teams have to depend on reports and analysis that they've done uh, previously leading up to the game itself.
0: Okay, so it sounds like we may need to wait a little bit longer to use your technology to tell us if it's actually a touchdown or not and not go to replay anymore and leave it to a human. So I'll still be waiting on that front. As you've deployed the technology, has there ever been a time when you've been looking at it and saying, geez, this just can't be right because someone had done something absolutely so amazing that it seemed that that perhaps it was a technology uh, snafu as opposed to someone just absolutely being that unbelievable of an athlete?
1: Well, I'd love to answer that question, but before let's go back, for, if I may, to the ball on the goal line and, and the ball placement. <laughs> so I, it's, this is really important. I mean, I work on the technology side of the business, and the technology today is capable of helping um, not just football, but other sports place and locate either players or objects very accurately. And so we not only have tags in the ball and the player, referees are also wearing tags. We also have RFID tags and the first the, the yard marker sticks and all the pylons around the football field. And so, you know, what we have to do as a technology partner is just stand at the ready for you know to help support the league in their research and analysis. Because you know, not just the NFL, but these major sport leagues have to be very pragmatic and thoughtful about introducing new technologies and capabilities into the game for competitive balance. Uh, for integrity of the game. And also, you know, you have to really take respect for the historical nature of the game. So technically, it's feasible that someday in the near future that a ball tag and having some combination of technologies could help help us identify more accurately the placement of a football to support the referees, not to replace them, or if a ball crosses the goal line. You know, again, just more supportive information. We didn't have replay years ago. We didn't have 8K or 4K high definition years ago. And we see an evolution. So I think in the near future we can see our technology and others help you know move the game along and provide more operational support and efficiency
0: yes i would never i would never want to be replacing our good friends the referees because who would who would we all have to question if if we did that i guess it's
1: part of the game right i think we really value that maybe we take it for granted because we either watch or have seen it for so long but it's they're an important part of the game and i don't think a part that we'll we'll ever see leave And hopefully not um now you mentioned about you know these anomalies that happen (laughs) You know one there's a number of things i have some key plays that happened in the nfl in 2020 that we can talk about but uh we are also the official player tracking technology partner of the reese's senior bowl the college all-star game that occurs in mobile alabama each january and now of course the nfl teams in the scouting departments really like having that tracking data for these college players because as i'm sure you're familiar you know, the, the practice sessions during the week are really the sessions where the coaches and the scouts watch the activity of the players and how the players interact with the NFL coaching staffs that are coaching each squad. And then there's the game itself. Well, a couple of years ago, we had a player, Montez Sweat, who's now with Washington. Uh, you know, Montez Sweat had recorded a speed of 19.7 miles an hour uh, during practice, and he's a defensive lineman uh, or, or an edge rusher. And we looked at the number and that number would have placed him at the, you know, in the top third of the defensive backs practicing that week and also top speed of all running backs. And so that really stood out. So we wanted to call back to our command center in San Jose. We were in Alabama. (laughs) I said, did we get that number right? Because a couple of things, Uh, that speed is very high for a player in that position. Um, And I should say, you know, teams now, as they become more acclimated and fluent and comfortable with this information, you start to have ranges of miles per hour where you anticipate running backs are in an X range of miles per hour. Wide receivers tend to be in another type of range, linebackers in another type of range. Well, he popped right out of the linebacker range and into the defensive back and running backs. And so ultimately, we we did verify that Montez did reach that speed. But here's the other thing to keep in mind. He did it during a drill where he was in a 10 and 15-yard space not like a defensive back or wide receiver where they might be running 10, 15, 20 yards plus down the field on a one-on-one drill. So that was just a testimonial to his explosiveness and athleticism as a player, his get-off speed, if I may. And we also found that that speed was backed up by a very good 40 time at the Combine a few weeks later. And that was a pretty incredible moment for us.
0: That's a pretty cool story. You hear, again, your, your stats get shared in almost every single game. And it's, you know, Folks like Montez Sweat or even Derek Henry, such a huge athlete, hitting amazing speeds to your point when they get into the open field that way. So all the information that you're collecting is being shared, uh, you know, across for all of us fans at home watching on, on TV or, or elsewhere, or Red Zone or, or, you know, NFL Network here as we go forward. So it's been an enjoyable for us on this side of the coin, too.
1: Well, exciting for us, too, Sean. So, sorry to interrupt. I, I think. Look, you know, three or four years ago, we also saw, we talk about our bell curve, right? The media partners for the NFL, I mean, a few years ago, we've been recording uh, tracking games for seven years but I think we've all seen through the various media partners slowly. Now next-gen stats has become part of the constant conversation and a reference point during the games three or four years ago. That wasn't the case. Now I think we've found each of the media partners finding a way to integrate the next-gen stats into the storyline of the game. And it just provides a new dimensionality to appreciate not only the game itself, but the athleticism of the players. So we're also excited to see the increased usage of the information.
0: What, what do you think the next step is? You're collecting so much data right now with everything you talked about and what you sh- you shared. What do you think the next, what is that next step for, for Zebra Sports in, in what you can collect and share?
1: Well, you know the Next Gen Stats team at the NFL, they each year, it's right around this time, they're working on new analytics uh, and statistics and charts for us as fans and media to enjoy. You get
0: your request list out of this? Is this what I'm hearing? <laughs>
1: We have a request request list on our side, and we just patiently wait to hear what the Next Gen Stats team comes out with. And each and every year, it's a bit like a holiday or a birthday present, if I may. You know, you get the list of new stats and analytics that we can anticipate for the coming season. And so we're close to it. Very soon we'll know what we'll see in 2021. And each year, the aperture is being opened more and more. From the next-gen stats team with some really interesting analytics, we started with just top speed, miles per hour, or the longest run, you know, in, in yards, and now we have catch probability, separation information for wide receivers and defensive backs, the fastest sacks for edge rushers or defensive linemen, and so it gives us, an, again, another level of appreciation and opportunity to really, you know, get, gain more excitement of the game and understand what's really happening at the field level. So for for us, I think we just more analytics and more statistical modeling uh, about how you can use this information. And I think on top of that, the ball metrics itself, you know, the tag inside the ball was really a research and development opportunity for Zebra working in conjunction with the NFL and Wilson Sporting Goods to engineer an RFID tag that is able to be placed in a ball where you can't hear it or feel it and doesn't, you know, uh, affect the flight integrity of the ball. Took a lot of research and work. And just for context, this is always an interesting story. An NFL football weighs 400 grams. The RFID tag, which has an accelerometer in it, uh, was engineered, it weighs less than four grams. So less than 1% of the total weight of the football. uh, And it's melded inside the rubber bladder during the construction of of it. So there are more ball metrics, not just velocity, but in terms of locationing and height that we might be able to see someday down the road.
0: Really cool, so it just as, as we kind of wrap up here on things, how do you work internally to create that data driven culture inside of your team so it's kind of this very meta inception moment on it where you're doing all this amazing work um, for you know one of the largest leagues in the world here how do you How do you become a data driven team internally on top of that to to be able to continue to uh, drive your group forward?
1: The first thing that comes to mind, Sean, is stay curious. Wake up questioning everything. What else can we do? How can we improve? What else is there? And, and not just in terms of, you know, accuracy of the technology. What new capabilities can we build into our RFID tags? Are there other things that we can do uh, with our instruments and our tokens that that can add more fidelity and more competency and capability into the tool for the league and the players and the teams? And so that, that stay curious and question everything mentality is important. You know, something... You have to you know for me relentlessly trying to improve every single day as a person as a worker here at zebra as a teammate at zebra and as a client service person working with the teams in the league just constantly wanting to improve each and every day and really if you think about it that really embodies the culture and the personality of the people we work with in sports everybody's always looking for an edge always looking for a way to improve themselves, their team, the team unit. And so we, we really do embody that inside of Zebra Sports. And quite honestly, that's what I've all found really enjoyable in working with Zebra as, an, as a whole, working with our enterprise partners. So a relentless pursuit of how we can improve. And the other thing is enthusiasm. Why you know, Be excited about it. And, that, and authenticity is ta- attached to that. It's easy to be authentic and genuine about and, and have true belief in what you're doing if you have a love for it. We have a love for what we do in terms of technology and innovation, and we have a love for what we do in terms of the world of sports in the Zebra Sports Teams group.
0: Big takeaway, everyone. Stay curious. You can end up like JP and get to have fun all day and and watch football. JP, thanks so much for being on. We really appreciate you and Zebra Sports spending some time with us.
1: Sean, I really enjoyed the conversation. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.